Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 35th episode of the PJ Archive, which comprises interviews I did with two members of the great British rock band The Who. In 1989, when they were promoting their UK tour by meeting the media at London's Hard Rock Cafe. Later, you'll hear me talking to bass guitarist John Entwistle. But first, I spoke to lead singer Roger Daltrey. How are you feeling about uh, going back on the road again after a time away? Uh, well, this, this, is, um, this is the easy bit. We, we did the difficult one. I mean, America uh, was incredibly tough mainly because we didn't, before we actually got out on the road, we didn't really know how much we could deal with. And uh, we planned this tour in America just as though it was a, a tour that we were doing 10 years ago, for instance. And I found the first half of the tour incredibly physically demanding. Um, I've now found I can't, if I do two shows, uh, two shows of on, I need two days off after. Uh, I can do it for a short space of time, two, two on, day off, two on, uh, enough to get through the English leg easy. But in America, we we overcooked it, and it was very difficult. But so? this is this, like I say, this is the easy bit now. I mean, it's ten, ten shows finished. You said you couldn't sometimes cope. Was that? Do you think that's age catching up on you? Or do you oh yeah, I mean, it's age. I mean, of course it's age. Plus the fact we were doing a longer show than we've ever done before. We were doing three and a half hour shows, and what with warming up the voice before you sing and then warming down the voice after you sing, that was kind of four hours plus of singing a night. Can't eat three hours before a performance, so you're doing like a seven. Seven hour, almost an eight hour day with not eating, with all that, that physical one? energy. No, no, no. You you can't keep it down. I mean, the diaphragm has to work so hard that if you've got any food in there, you, you end up bringing it. You end up having your dinner twice. You know, <laughs> which is not very nice. What does uh, England mean to you now? England. It's just England. it's really just old friends, and it's just nice. To, uh, it, it's it's home, and like he said, it is it is also a challenge. Now your image has been something of a country gentleman in recent years. No, hunting, no. shooting, fishing type, don't you think? No, no. That's how you represent it on the television, especially advertising credit cards and all that sort of thing. No, no. I mean, I suppose it can look that way, but it actually isn't that way. I mean, no. I mean, what are you like, though, offset as well, when we don't see you? Well, I mean, I've lived on a farm. I mean, I've, I've always loved the country, right from the early days. I mean, the early days of the Who, I always. Uh, promised myself I ever made any money I would I would live in the country and buy a farm which I did and I farm it um, I'm into fish farming which I enjoy very much agriculture I'm very interested in it and I run those businesses as businesses with people I enjoy being with um, you know, when that's finished I pursue an acting career which touch wood is, is, has been very successful so I just enjoy my life I find it very fulfilling you know it's not kind of uh, it's, it's never run of the mill there's always something different to do do you think you love the countryside and all that because it's a complete contrast to the life on stage with all the noise of the guitars and all that sort of thing? yes a lot to do with it a lot to do with it a lot of people are going green these days you know the environmental stuff is that with you as well Have I've always been green yeah. I've always tried to be. I've always, um, it's about time that's all I can say I don't 
I hope it gets taken seriously. I mean, and I mean seriously. I hope it's debated in, in, in ways that we can, we can all live with it. I think it's, the next ten years are crucial for the human race. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Do you think you will always live in England? If you'd asked me that before the tour, I probably would have said yes. I'm not so sure now. Really? Mm. What is it about America that appeals? Is that what you mean? Future. A future, to be honest. To be really honest, yes, a future. For my, maybe not particularly for me, but for my children. Um, for the first time ever, I, I was kind of really aware of how filthy and what a, a basically slummy shithole of a society we've bred over in the last eight years. It becomes painfully obvious when you've been away for any length of time in any in, in, in almost any other country in the world now England I, I, I mean so everybody might well not everybody let's get the words right the majority might be a lot better off financially but I think our society is an awful lot poorer can you tell us about your children what their names ages and what they're up to um, well they're, my son Simon is, is uh, 25 he's, he's got his own business business cleaning offices and cars and things like that, doing very well, very happy at, at his work. Uh, I've got a Swedish son, Matthias, who's, I think at the moment, is in India, uh, he's just a student. Uh, I've got a daughter, Rosie, she's 17 today, <laughs> uh, and she's, doing, she's just now doing her A-levels. Willow's 14, is at school, and Jamie, who's 8, is at school. But has it been very difficult for them growing up as the children of Roger Dalton? I mean, it must have been difficult for them. I mean, uh, I can never, I mean, I, I can never know what it must be like to have a famous dad. It must be awkward. I mean, all I've known to live, to live with being famous, for me, has been awkward, mainly because uh, people change their reactions towards you, people do change towards you. I do notice that from when I was not famous, I still notice it. But how um, much of a normal family life have you been able to have? been very normal, they, they've ended up very well, no touch wood, no drug problems, no, very, very normal, and they are incredibly unspoiled, intelligent, bright kids, I'm really pleased. Are you disappointed they haven't followed you into the office? No, 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 they can do what they like, if they want to do that, they can do that. Yeah. I just want, I just say to my kids that, you know, get a great education which you really do you get it for yourself you don't get it because I want you to but you know and then do whatever you want to do I don't care if you want to sweep the roads I don't care if you want to be unemployed and be a dropout I'd like you to be educated before you do it so that you do it out of choice and not out of necessity what kind of a father are you? pretty strict uh, but also I, I hope to, to, to think that I'm uh, caring I mean I am strict as I lay down rules because I think people do need, they need guidance. But there again, I, I, I hope I'm not uh, dogmatic in any of my ways. I'm always ready to listen and we discuss everything in our house. And we never talk over their heads. And like I say, touch wood, they've all ended up great. But isn't it quite difficult laying down the law to them when you've actually been a hell of a rebel yourself, haven't you? No. 
because I try and do it in a way when they come and ask me about smoking pot. I mean, we've been in LA, where in Los Angeles, they see everybody. They came to the shows every night, and everybody was smoking pot every night. And I mean, I have to deal with that, and I have to say, well, in my day, we used to do it, and it was great fun. We didn't know what we were doing. It was great fun. I said, but you know, then I tell them the downsides. We lost an awful lot of friends. And then you try and make them realise that everything has two sides to it. It's not all bad, it's not all good. And then hopefully, if they're intelligent, hopefully intelligent people, they, they will make up their own minds. You cannot, you cannot live your, their life for them. You have to let them do it. And all you can do is give them, hopefully, enough information to make up decisions in their own mind which will get them through safely. That's all you can do. How much do you see of your family, though? Aren't oh, you? an awful lot. You do? Oh, yeah. Well, what, what percentage of your year now is set aside to what music and your acting? Well, I mean, this year has been a different year. I mean, mostly I'm, I'm acting. and I, I think on average, since The Who's finished, I've been away maybe doing acting jobs, maybe two, two or three months of the year. This year, it's going to work out more because I've got, I've been, I did a film before... Tour, and I, I was away for three months on a tour, and I'm going to be away on a film after this bit of it. Uh, it was helped. I wasn't away from the family because they all came on the tour. It was great. That's what was so fabulous about this tour. We all had our kids with us. It, it cemented our friendships. I mean, just just to be at the, the shows with the kids just levels everybody out. I mean, it's just like a, you know, it's a great leveler. No one could throw their movies anymore because little kids just don't have any of that shit. You know, so. And it was just, it was wonderful. It was great fun. And it really was rewarding in that sense. It really was. Do you see yourself heading more and more into acting as um, time catches up? On well, that's my job. I mean, that's yeah. what I do. Do you consider yourself more of an actor? I am an actor. Position? That's right. what I do now. I'm not, I mean, I'm a, I used to be a, I still am a good rock and roll singer. I, there's a lot of great ones there, but in my day, I was a great rock and roll singer. You're quite fortunate in a way, aren't you, being a rock star who can act and who can get lots of acting work, whereas a lot of rock stars don't really know what to do when they've wrapped up. Well, it was a conscious, conscious decision on my part that that's what I wanted to do. You know, I, I, didn't, I didn't put any airs and graces on. I went out and learnt it from the ground up. You know, it was hard work. And it's not easy to be accepted as an actor. Do you have many ambitions there still? No, my, mostly my ambitions are to, to do with uh, production, film production. I would like to be involved in very heavily. Uh, I've always dabbled at it, but you know, it's the usual story with, with trying to get into production in England. Is you're always strapped for finance, and the whole thing is a struggle. I'd like, I've got ideas to set up a company that, that, that will become self-financing after hopefully a couple of successful projects and that that's one of the areas I've got great ambitions I mean there's lots of other I'd like to write a book uh, whether that will ever happen or not I don't know would that be about like a book. novel you're talking about or, or an autobiography or something like that? an autobiography I'd like to do that right I, I mean I, I don't think, think I'm ready for it yet I don't feel like I've done anything yet but uh, maybe I can write the first bit the first bit what about personal ambitions for the family and um, quiet life at home? Well, I just hope they're healthy and just healthy, really. And stay healthy and happy, that's about it. I mean, what else can you hope for them? 
worry about the future, though? No, no what's the point? It's only today. What's the point of worrying about tomorrow? <laughs> Leave today behind and tomorrow will take care of itself. Do you think it's this will be the last tour, though? I don't know. We don't, it's, as, it's as long as a piece of string at the moment. I'll tell you, I'll be really honest with you. I mean, uh, we did two shows in Florida on this tour, and I got really sick. I had a really bad stomach complaint. And I lost about a stone in weight, and I was feeling so weak. I don't know. I couldn't walk 200 yards to the hotel to the beach, let alone get on the stage. Yet we had two shows to do. And I phoned up my manager the night before the Tampa show, and I said, "Look, I don't know. I don't think I can make the show tomorrow. I'm feeling so ill." And then we talked about the problems of cancelling, and I laid there and I made. I, I, my, I had no trouble with my voice at all. I just had. Just had trouble with the actual energy of standing on the stage for four hours. I mean, I didn't know whether I could do it, you know. But I made a conscious decision then, and I really had to, to, to come to terms with it, is that if I had to do those shows sitting in a chair, I would have done those shows sitting in a chair, and I really don't think it would have mattered a damn. It really... Well, it wasn't the cost. It was not the cost, is it? It's all kinds of problems, that's right. You know, but, it, but I did make the conscious decision then, so I don't give a shit if I am doing it in 25 years sitting in a wheelchair. As long as I made the decision to do it and know that what I'm doing, I, if I am not doing it well, then I'll say that I've got to stop this. I'll tell you something, I am singing better than I've ever sung in my life. And I really mean that. Do you get very upset when people talk about you as these dinosaurs of rock and uh, you passed it and all that no. sort of thing? No, I just find this, this whole... Uh, the way people are so caught up with, with the age thing, I just find it ridiculous because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I've worked very hard for my wrinkles and I'm very proud of them, you know. Uh, this preoccupation, I just don't understand it. It doesn't seem to me to be what's important about life. God, wouldn't life be boring if we didn't get old? Jesus Christ, imagine being a teenager forever. Ah! <laughs> now that would upset me. <laughs> Maybe your best response is to go out there and um, just show them what you can do still. Is that the way you feel? Yes, because it's, it's, you know, no one can play our music like we play it. They can do their variation of our music, but no one will play it like we play it. And, and, and whether you like it or not, I can still sing my generation and mean it. I mean, to me, the age thing, age is, a, is, is nothing to do with just a year, you know, just the amount of years you've lived. I mean, I've met 16-year-olds that are like little old men. I've also worked with, with people like Dame Wendy Hiller, who's, I think she was 74 when I worked with her, and she was like a four-year-old. I mean, she's wonderful. So, I mean, what's age got to do with it? So, but those is how you feel, and I, I still sing those songs with conviction. And they still mean a lot to me. They don't mean the same every night. I'd, I'd be lying if I said they did. You know, but, but you can't push the, you can't push those emotional buttons that Pete writes about in his songs without meaning it. You can't. Whose songs don't work like that? And they were also generated uh, at a time when I was incredibly. And I mean, I, had, I used to have enough energy for 10 people. I was such an energetic young guy. They were created 15 years ago, most of those songs, by this, this geezer who had energy enough for 10 people. So I go out there now, and I, you, I still have to try and sing them that way because that's the only way it works. You cannot cheat a new song. It doesn't work. It really doesn't work. It's incredible. Do you feel that your talents have been underestimated over the years? No, I think we've been very well rewarded for that talent. <laughs> uh, 
underestimated. I don't know. I mean, I mean in what's, terms of the critics. I mean, yeah, but who cares about critics? I mean, it's, it's what your public think of you. I mean, we just play the two million people in America. I mean, that's hardly an underestimation, is it? Do you still consider yourself something of a rebel? I don't know about a rebel. I, I hope to feel that I think that I'm a free thinker. I mean, that's all I want to be. I don't want to be in anyone, anybody's pocket or any anybody's party. You know, I like to try, I like to think through things, even if it, even if it puts people's backs up. It's, it's much better. I, I, I like to think that sometimes uh, I've still got the balls to swim against the tide, which I find that so many people in life generally haven't. Family. I don't know whether that's being a rebel. Has being a family man mellowed you over the years, do you think? I don't, I, I've always had a mellow side to me anyway. I've always been, if you like, two people. Always, my wife said she, she married the one on stage when she, <laughs> when she got me home and it wasn't the same bloke. <laughs> but we got, you know, it, it works. How, how would you describe yourself at home and what uh, sort of a guy are you off, off, uh, off camera? Are you very different to the... Uh... I have trouble, I mean, I do have... I do have problems being in this business when I'm at home. I find, especially going back to the band after seven, seven years, there's a bit of a shock on how much you have to ha how much you have to give up of your own life to actually be in a band. It's, it's, you have to, it's, quite, it's an incredibly selfish profession. <laughs> I don't like that very much. How much of your life and thinking now and all that uh, is, is to do with rock and roll and acting and all that sort of thing? And how much is just sort of wanting the quiet life? I try and keep it in balance. I really do try and keep it in balance. Uh, I mean, rock and roll is as long as The Who wants to play. I mean, The Who, it's another ten shows as, as I sit here today. In another two weeks, it might be, oh, it might be a, another 20 shows in Europe next year. But I don't, I mean, we'll do that if it's fun to do. Um, but that's the extent of rock and roll in my life. If someone calls me up and wants me to sing on a record, then, then I'll consider it. But uh, I've got no ambitions in rock and roll at all anymore. I don't think there's anything that I haven't done that I'd, I'd like to do. Um, acting is, 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 is my job. And when I'm not acting, I don't wait for the phone to ring. I'm a farm man, you know, I'm a farmer and, I, and, a, and a fish farmer. And I enjoy that. Do you consider yourself something of a survivor, though, having gone through all the... Rock and roll I've got to be a survivor, I'm still here. <laughs> Did you ever want to be old? I mean, I can remember when 25 was ancient. Um, what was the worst barrier? Now, the worst barrier? Yeah. I think it's the one I'm going through now. Really? <laughs> yeah. Do you think you've changed much since you're 21, though? I hope so. God, I hope so. What was it about you 21 that you perhaps wouldn't be so proud of? I don't know whether it's anything that I wouldn't be proud of. It's just that I just hope I've changed. I mean, it's dreadful to be stagnant. To me, it, it, the last year has been the most difficult of my life. Why? Just, just you know... Touring and stuff. No, just summing up, what, you know, what I'm going to do with the rest of my life, where I want to go. I mean, everything's on offer. But it's what it's deciding what, what you want to do and what you really want. Do you still feel you're learning uh, a lot every day about life? And now for the second of my interviews with The Who in 1989. This is with bass guitarist and songwriter John Entwistle, who sadly died in 2002 at the age of 57. 
Apologies for the poor sound quality. I started by asking John how he felt about critics saying the Who were past their best. I feel sorry for them because they, if they're saying that they don't really know uh, what, what nothing wrong is about. Mm. I mean, there aren't any questions set to tell you what time is, you know, what age you're supposed to retire, when you're supposed to stop playing. Basically, elder statesmen of rock are kind of... Uh, it's up to them to set the rules. As far as I'm concerned, I'm a better bass player now than I was ten years ago. And why should I stop playing because someone else always says that I'm too old to? You know, I mean, they're going to lose most of it. If, if everyone stops playing at the age of 45, then, then the standard of musicianship is going to fucking plummet. Yeah, because your experience, of course, yeah. is invaluable. I was going to say, do you let your um, guitar playing, as it were, speak for you? Is that, is that the idea? Is that how you respond? That's, that's the way I've always, I've always been. Yeah. I mean, I, I respond by letting people judge by what I'm playing. I've always built my career on, on being a musician rather than being a, a rock idol. There are a lot of musicians like Chuck Berry and Bogle and people like that that are still around, uh, that are still still playing well. I, I think that um, I mean, if I start if I start showing myself in my playing, I start playing the same crap over and over again, and I never got any better, then I would say to myself, well, you might as well stop because you're not improving, you're not offering anything new. Do you see yourself as, a, as something of a survivor? Lucky I'm still alive, but I can never reach it. I've always lived my life in a, in a rock and roll style. I drink a lot, I stay up late, and I don't get much sleep, I don't see any sun. And I'm still alive, so that's pretty good. But has the has the rebel in you mellowed over the years? Do you think, or have you never been you've been a rebel? I think as you get older, you've got more to be angry about. <laughs> I'm a, probably a lot angrier now than I ever was when I was. Mm. Some things you get angry about, though. Uh, yeah, I get angry. I get angry at uh, newspaper articles that, that say I'm different to the way I really am. Or, uh, People who report my words wrongly or put words into my mouth. You, know, it's, it's you seem quite a quite a quiet, unassuming chap, is it? Isn't it? Are, are you that's, deliberately that's, secretive? That's, that's only at press receptions. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I hate I hate press receptions. I hate the whole thing. Pretentious. I just think it's, it's very pretentious to sit up there with three microphones and uh, get asked questions and. Uh, they tend to ask questions like, you know, what colour is God's pubic hair? And expect us to know the answer. The uh, best reception on my own, I can handle it very well. Yeah. But uh, when they're asking, when they're asking questions uh, to three people, I find that I don't particularly want to answer most of the questions right. that get asked. I'm thinking it's a waste of time. As we said, it's quite a long time since your last talk. Um, people often imagine that you don't do much in between, but I mean, you have been very busy working, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I did a lot of research into, uh, into equipment over the last few years because I always intended to go back on, on the road again and I wanted to make sure that my stuff was as high tech as possible. And, uh, I've attended, attended most of the man shows that have gone on, you know, uh, music, music fairs. Um, 
I did an album uh, with a band that I put together. It took me a long time to put the band together. And finally ended up uh, with the record company just wanted a solo album and not a band album. So now I'm back to square. What, what kind of a life do you have outside of rock music? Do you, do you, are you quite a family man? Or? Not really, no. I mean, um, I got divorced from my first wife. Um, I got sunk on my first marriage. We get on very well and I see him as often as I can. What does he do in uh, not his name? Uh, Christopher, he's still at school. Right. He's, not he's, he's 18 next year. So. Right. Yeah. Do, you, do, you, uh, do you spend a lot of time with him? And, uh... I try to, yeah. I mean, uh, when I'm in England, I see him. I suppose every other weekend. And, uh, he comes, down to the, comes up to the house in Gloucestershire for yeah. a couple of weeks in the summer and stuff like that. What, 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 what do you do when you're not actually working and stuff like that? Do you, I don't know, do you have great pastimes like Roger and fishing and that sort of thing? Or? What do you think? I don't really think about stopping working. I mean, I've got a, an amplifier set up in my bedroom, so uh, I practice in my bedroom. Uh, I'm always, I always doing something around the house. I mean, except for like repairing it, but, uh, trying to organise it. I've got a, a 24 track studio in the house, uh, which I've been working on with my engineer, who's also the Who's uh, sound man. And I've also got a, um, a 12 truck studio upstairs, uh, which is all computerized. Uh, the drum machines, the synthesizer and stuff, I've been working on that as well. Uh, so basically, I'm kind of working, looking all the time. I, mean, I, I relax by going out shooting, um, going on holiday and deep sea fishing. But I'm, Basically, I'm sort of working on, I'm either working on the computer or the downstairs studio or the upstairs studio or watching videos with my son or watching TV in the bedroom or practicing. Do you see much of the other boys at all when, when you're not... Um, not really, not, not socially. No. How much of the life is there, of your life is there these days? I've about three months of this year and that's... that's I guess three months out of the last seven, you know, so it's not a very big percentage. Do you, do you, are you hoping that there will be many more tours, or what are your thoughts on this? Um, it really depends. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind touring Europe next summer, but um, I wouldn't want. I, I, I don't know whether I'd want, I'd want it to carry on as a band. Not that, you know, I've got my own music to. Sort out. Roger's got his acting uh, as a sideline, as it were. Do you have any sidelines that you'd like to pursue more as time goes by? So is music really everything to you? Um, I think we draw cartoons. Uh, I'm supposed to be writing a book next year. That's about the who, is it? Yeah, this kind of starts off. Uh, my sort of introduction to music and then when I met Pete and then I met Roger and it goes, I'll probably take it up to Woodstock, you know, which I think will fill a whole book up, probably more. But uh, I'm going to probably do that in Ireland. Yeah. 
next year and then I'm going straight into a solo album when I get back. Have you collected a lot of memorabilia for this book? Have you been sort of gathering it over the years to sort of... Not really, I've got, I've got um, most of the newspaper articles that I've ever done. You know, it's all over the house and they've never been organised so one of them organised them into a scrapbook. But I've got a couple of bits and pieces. I, I collect guitars as well, I've got about 218. I'm basically a collector, I collect loads of things. Have you got a house full of clutter then? No, I'm lucky. My, my house is like 17 bedrooms. I've got 14 acres and 7 cottages, so I can fill them all up. Rubbish I've collected. Do you think you'll uh, always live in England? I mean, Roger's been talking, he enjoyed it so much in America, you would think about moving out there. You're very much an Englishman at heart. Um, I think I could probably do six months or six months, mm. but I, I, to look at what I can get for the same amount of money I'd get for my house in Gloucestershire, uh, in LA, is quite depressing. You know? <laughs> if, I, if I think I could actually sell my house over here for like $4 million, when I look at what I can get for $4 million in America, I think, like, hmm, forget it. But I, I think I could probably, I could probably live, get an apartment or, or a smaller house, maybe on the west coast, yeah. and do six months in each country. I feel, I must admit, I'd feel very miserable if I, if I ever thought that I'd never ever be able to go back to America again. Because America is such a big part of my life, it's a big part of the Who's life. Uh, but I need my fix. I need to have to go. I need to go to America for at least once or twice a year. Uh, otherwise, I feel that the years kind of uh, yeah, not, not wasted, but I feel I start feeling homesick for America. Sort of feeling homesick. I feel more homesick for America than I do for England. How restricted are you by your son, though? I mean, do you feel that you have to be in...? Well, not really restricted at all, because... Um, I mean, he, he, he can come over to America while I'm over here, I can still see him. I mean, it's kind of... Uh, it's kind of crazy feeling that we're restricted by each other. I mean, once he gets to 18, once he actually leaves school, it's really up to him that he wants to do. Have you got any hopes for him, though, in particular? I've got lots of hopes, but uh, he'll do whatever he wants to do. Right, yeah. yes. Did, does he mix with uh, Roger's kids, for instance? He hasn't actually met them. I don't think he hasn't met them. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be that much camaraderie between the three of you outside of the work. I mean, you see, outside the hood, we haven't really got that, that much in common. Mm. You know, um, I'm not saying that we, we go out of each other's way to... Go out of our way to avoid each other, but we don't. It's, it's just that our life we can live in three separate lives, and sometimes they'll coincide. Um, yeah, we're all, all at the same wedding, or at the end. we have mutual friends, but the, the mutual friends don't keep us together. Can you imagine what you would have done if you hadn't been involved in music? Uh, yeah, I'd probably be a, a commercial artist by now, or work for an ad agency or something. Using your artistic ability? Yeah. yeah. Well, when, I was, when I was younger, when I was leaving school, I, I kind of had three choices, either going to the Royal Academy of Music, or go to art school, 
or uh, go to work for a living. Mm. And uh, my family decided that I should go to work for a living, so I went to work for the Inland Revenue, which wasn't exactly as glamorous as the other two alternatives. Um, but at least working, working there enabled me to uh, keep up working with the band as a sideline. And, uh, Eventually, we'll, we'll work in enough for me to actually say, like, okay, I, I can afford to leave the land every now and go and work as a musician. Um, I think if I, if, I, if I become a commercial artist, I've got the last call, it might be a little bit harder for me to uh, get out of that, that, that side. I, mean, I was so glad to leave the land revenue. I, I think I probably sprint, sprinted down the stairs and like, ran, for my, ran for dear life. When being hideously successful now, do you ever think back to those days and think, thank God I'm not still with the Inland Revenue? Do you ever sort of funny, sometimes pinch yourself and things like, I hope it's not going to suddenly all go away and I'll be back at the Inland Revenue again? In the early days, yeah, I used to have, I used to have this recurring nightmare that um, the Who were doing an American tour and I had to sort of go and ask the tax inspector whether I could have the time off. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, they kind of died out after a few years. What hopes and ambitions have you got now? Are you quite an ambitious person, or are you just take time, take it as it comes? To, uh... yeah, I'd like to. Uh, my only ambition is to be uh, is to be rich for the rest of my life. Mm. I mean, riches do okay. tend to get spent. Yeah. I've never exactly been someone to put money in the bank and live off the interest. Really, you're a bit of a big spender, actually, right? I don't think we've actually uh, ever earned that much. Mm. That, enough mm. money to be able to do that. Mm. And we've always had to work. Because we didn't we didn't tour for long enough and we didn't make enough records. And it's, we spent so many months composing uh, working on the, the next album. You know, that we'd like we do an album and a tour and make a lot of money and then take two or three years off and spend it. You have to do it over and over again. But, we never really made huge amounts of money. We'd, we'd make a, a, a largish amount of money and spend it and have to do it all over again. So it went on and on and on like that for years. Do you think your talents have been underestimated over the years? Grossly. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. That hasn't really been until recently that the, um, I've had, had uh, any kind of a claim as a as a, as a post crowd other than from other musicians. You know, a, lot, a lot of the Who fans like, you know, said, yeah, he's, he's, he's the best. You know, but the general public, gen as far as the general public is concerned, it's been, it's been very difficult to, to push myself forward. You know, because we haven't played, basically. I just haven't had the facilities to show people that all I can do. I think that like an average, an average sort of tour audience for the business to be about half a million people, and it's usually the same half a million. It was kind of like preaching to the converted. Didn't, I mean, we never had any videos out or live videos or anything like that, so people couldn't go into a video shop and hire a tape of the Who playing. They had to have actually had to be there to see them play. Now, now I feel that. Um, I, mean, I used to be able to walk. I used to be able to walk down the street in Los Angeles without being recognised, and now I can't. So the only difference is, is video. And we had a let the kids roll out video release. We had a couple of uh, live show videos released. Uh, a lot of people have seen us on TV, and now I, now I get recognised, and people know that I'm a bass player. Before that. 
how audience was a lot more limited. Yeah, it's I, it was nicer before thoughts. when I didn't get recognised. Yeah, <laughs> now, yeah. now it gets to be a nuisance because every shop I go into in LA or New York, I get recognised. You get recognised in London as well, but no one will actually come up to you and say anything. You do look like a rock star, don't you? I, I can actually not look like one. <laughs> How'd you do that? I dress up in my country outfit. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, like sort of, you know, a khaki shooting jacket yeah. and a pair of jeans and wellies. Do you like the quiet life, though? Mm, I, I can only take about three weeks in the country and I'm, I'm dying to get back to London. So you have a place in London as well, do you? No, I used to. And I decided that I should spend more time in the country at my studio, so I moved out. Sold up in London. If you had one wish that could be guaranteed to come true, what would it be? Just to have as much money. To have as much money as I've got now in ten years' time. Good enough. Wish you could lend That's about the only wish that's left. <laughs>